0: This bonus episode of Tuna on Toast is brought to you by Hammer Toyota here in Southern California, out there in Mission Hills. I don't even think they know they're sponsoring the bonus episode. The general sales manager named Johnny Unin is one of the coolest, hardworking, most handsome human beings you're ever gonna meet and he treats everybody like a rock star. Everybody at Hammer Toyota treats you fantastic. We've been working together for eight years. They're extremely loyal. I'm not saying to go buy a car or lease a car or sell your car right now, but when you're thinking of doing it, please check them out. They're a very important piece to the Tuna on Toast podcast. H-A-M-E-R, hammertoyota.com. Your name is Striker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called Tuna on Toast. I, 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 I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music and I love those that create. Yeah! Welcome to a bonus episode of Tuna on Toast. It is Ted Stryker, Dave Gahan. <laughs> Dave Gahan is on this show. I can't believe he's going to be on this episode with us today. But it almost didn't happen because of the most embarrassing snafu in my entire life. And if I didn't catch this snafu, not only would Tune on Toast with Dave Gahan never have happened, but I would be looked at in the worst way by not only Dave, but the people he works with. And I wasn't going to share this story, but then I thought, who cares? I'm an open book. It's embarrassing, but it's funny. And at the end of the day, Dave Gahan is on this episode. So you should know that I need to wear glasses anytime I look at my phone or the computer or a restaurant menu. If I don't have these freaking glasses on, I cannot see a damn thing unless it's on the phone and I super zoom it in. I can make out some of the words. Ay, ay, ay. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm at the supermarket. The phone does the ding thing. I don't have my glasses on. I never wear the glasses in the supermarket. I, you don't need glasses in the supermarket. I'm not reading the back of the products to see how many calories are in there and all that crap. So the phone does the ding. It's an email. I decide just not to read the email, but just to see, hey, is it anything important? In the subject line, it says Dave Gahan. So you're goddamn right I open the email inside the supermarket. I turn the phone sideways. I zoom it in as much as possible, and I'm able to read the email clearly. And it says, hey, Stryker, do you have any interest in having Dave Gahan on your podcast? At this, I read that. I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. So I decide to write back, no glasses on, and this is what I write. Holy cow, yes please, thank you so much, just tell me when, thank you again. No misspelled words, no nothing, everything is fine. I send that, two minutes later I get an email back, and this is what the email says, and then I'm gonna tell you my mistake because I misread the email. (sighs) This is what it actually said. A couple things. No specific questions on Depeche Mode, only the new project. That's what the email said. Okay. What I thought it said, <laughs> what I thought it said was, a couple things. No specific questions on Depeche Mode or the new project. So I'm thinking I can't ask anything about Depeche Mode or the Imposter album which is the new uh, Soul Savers album that is out now. It's the third album from Soul Savers, 12 songs reimagined. And I was sitting in the supermarket going, what am I going to talk to Dave Gahan about? And then I became my own strategist. And I thought, okay, I'm going to say no to the interview. And then in three months, I'll see if we can do it. And then I can talk about the, the project and talk about life and go on to different topics. And I wrote back to them maybe we should just wait a couple months. I got no emails back, no nothing. A couple days after that email interaction, when I misread their email, I went back with my glasses on and I saw what it actually said, which was basically, here it is again, a couple things, no specific questions on Depeche Mode, only the new project. I wrote them back, and I just said how embarrassed I was. Yes, please. Can we have Dave Gahan on? And they said he can do it, but he's got to do it tomorrow. And I wrote back, okay, what time? 11 a.m., 12 noon, 1 p.m.? They said 7 a.m., 7 a.m., Dave Gahan, two to 7 a.m. So I woke up at 6 in the morning, took a shower, styled my hair. I'm in a sweater stage in my life right now. Put on one of my new sweaters, get on Zoom, and there he is Dave Gahan Nobody looks better in leather pants than Dave Gahan. I don't know if he was wearing leather pants in the interview. By the way, you can watch all Tuna on Toast episodes. Just go to my YouTube channel. Very easy to find. Tuna on Toast with Stryker. You can watch the Dave Gahan interview. Uh, M Shadows, Tom Morello, Tom DeLonge, Phineas. There's a bunch of wonderful episodes. So here we are. It's me and Dave Gahan on Zoom. The guy looks freaking fantastic. It was so surreal. I loved Peshmo. What, I have 14 studio albums or so uh, recently, or uh, last year, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is where they should be, Mart and Andy. I love the way that Dave Gahan has put his own spin on these 12 songs that he has reimagined. Some of the artists, uh, when I say reimagined, he's covered these songs, but I like reimagined. I like that term better. PJ Harvey, Neil Young, Cat Power, Bob Dylan, and more. So this is really, it's a 20 minute interview. They asked if I could do a maximum 20 minutes. And I said, whatever you want, I'm gonna do. So ladies and gentlemen, here he is. One of the greatest front men of all time. One of the best songwriters you're ever gonna find. And just an overall really, really good dude. I had such a fun time.
1: Here he is, Dave Gahan. Good morning, Ted. Tuna on toast, I see. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, it has nothing to do with sandwiches. I just, I love the TV show Seinfeld and terrible things happened whenever they ordered tuna on toast. I hope my life goes a little bit better than that.
1: <laughs> also a huge fan of Seinfeld. So yeah, uh, and uh, watched a lot of it, especially with my kids when they were growing up. It was like, you know, it was, yeah, we, one of those evening things if I'm home off the road, like Seinfeld was on at a certain time and, it just makes you feel better if you're, even if you're in a crappy mood. You get five minutes of it,
0: even if you've seen each episode seven times, and you feel better. Uh,
1: yeah, they don't get old, really. No, there's uh, there's some greats there. Wow, Definitely.
0: there he is, the rock and roll hall of famer, Dave Gahan, Soul Savers. It's your third album together, collaborating. You've reimagined twelve songs. You've probably been asked this a million times, but I don't know the answer. Why did you go with these? particular tracks and these 12 artists, Dave? Hmm.
1: Well, you know, the short version of that is uh, to answer is that these artists and singers, vocalists um, and uh, writers, sometimes bands, sometimes, you know, solo musicians, but um, they all have in some way, shape or form kind of informed and carried me. Through uh, lots of different times in my life, good and bad, and mm. you know, um, but they—they're very. It's very consistently there. Their voices um, continue to kind of inform me somehow of like where I am or what I'm doing, or you know, music does that for me. You know, songs do that for me, um, much in the same way film does as well. I guess movies and stuff. You know,
0: when you go into reimagine a song, and it's the it's your take on this song that you're putting out. Do you feel anything inside like nervous stomach ache that the actual artists, if they're still with us, is going to look at you like, "What is this dude doing here? Why why is he doing this?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I do because, you know, I would. I would do the same thing. I mean, I've <laughs> heard some really great versions of for, sort of songs from my band and uh um and some really ones that I'd care to not listen to again. Um <laughs> But you know, it's it's always a challenge. Actually, I think it's much more of a challenge uh, for an artist to um, to make it your own. You know, to make it feel though the song is coming from somewhere deep in your own heart. You know, that's that's the real key. And I think if you do that, it will it 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 will be hopefully liked, (laughs) Um, as you say, by the original, whether they're with us here or not, still. you know, I guess like some, you know, we, I got some feedback from immediately. I mean, Lanigan, for instance, you know, I mean, he heard Mark Lanagan yeah. that we that we did the evening that we did it, um, and he was, in his words, moved to tears because you know, and 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 um, you know, you know, I hope I don't embarrass Mark saying that, but um, you know, that that in, indeed made me feel. Uh, feel very good about the, what we were doing with the song. He also told me something interesting that um, he felt he understood the song better now. Wow. And I, I thought that was really interesting wow. because as a writer myself, it's sometimes it's years later that you kind of might be on stage performing a song that you wrote five years ago or something. And um, you kind of have a little click moment, go, oh, right. You, you get... Kind of inform maybe something that's going on between you and the band or the the audience you know fans you know something something going on in your life at that time where you're like that's what i was kind of mumbling about
0: right yeah wow that's got to feel some sort of not that dave khan needs validation but that wow what we were doing in the shangri law studios in malibu not too far from where i am it was Freaking good work! I have questions on how, like, I want to nerd out for a minute on how these songs came together. So it's you and Rich, and you're out Me
1: there, Rich who is really the facilitator of Soul Savers, you know, and, and what that that collective group of musicians becomes in any given time. But the majority of these musicians, I have, and I think Rich has as well, I've worked with for the last ten years. On as as you say, this is the third record that we've done together. So there's a certain amount of chemistry, definitely, that comes together between us, and this was the first time that we were all in the studio, actually together at the same time, tracking these songs in live performances. Um, we, you know, uh, e- each one being, each one kind of we completed a day, a, a track a day. So we'd work the track up to where we wanted it to be, and usually by the early evening, sometimes late evening, we'd be, uh, we'd be. So, same right. We're ready to go. We can like like let's start taping some of these.
0: So when you did Angels and Ghost, the second album, you were never in the same room, um, or rare.
1: I was sometimes. I was with the uh, you know with the singers with with TJ, Wendy, and Janet um, in New York, but um, and Rich sometimes. But but no, we wow, we pass stuff back and forth, and That's there crazy. is. You know, sometimes on Rich's side, there may be three or four of them together in, in a room. Um, but mostly, no, no, this was the first time. That is uh, so cool, we, Dave. We're all, it was really cool to do it. And for me, it was something like, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to have that experience of how, I mean, you can't transfer sometimes what you do on stage live. Um, right. uh, it, it's virtually impossible to do, but that's, you know, that's trying to get that on a uh, on a record um, and that energy and that that kind of atmosphere and that chemistry between vulnerability too as well between musicians. Um, I, I find that it, it's, there's something about it that still gives me goosebumps, you know?
0: But Dave, even in my super duper tiny, small bubble, if I have a task I need to do in a day that is creative related, Yeah. Sometimes one hour in, I throw in the towel, I'm like, I can't do this today. I stink. I don't know what's going on. The coffee didn't go down right. If you're going in there all day and you've got all these musicians and then you got your guy rich there and then you're trying to figure out these melodies, did it go
1: smooth every day? You know, I gotta say it did. Um, We maybe had a couple of days where there was like some sticky moments, a little bit where we, you know. But look, I, I personally, and I know Rich did as well. Before we went to Shangri La for the th- three or four weeks that we were there, when when I when, said, when like, was that? I by the way, said, it was in November of um,
0: 2019. Whoa!
1: Um, okay, and I then we mixed, sounds... we mixed in London in January, and um, with Marta Sagloni, who was fantastic, and then the whole world went to shit. <laughs> it was like after yeah. shortly after that. Um, I do, a, I do a lot of pre-production work. Like I spend months actually, you know, kind of studying these songs and singing them. In my studio in New York, I, I set up a PA system where I could sing live and perform these songs. So I, so I made a track list of about 20 songs and I would perform these songs, you know, every, every couple of days um, like I was rehearsing. So by the time I got to the studio, I was no longer here in the original versions i kind of had my i knew what i wanted to do
0: that's awesome why did you guys decide if you're in new york i don't know if it's full-time but i know you're there a lot why'd you come out here
1: i'm here for the last 20 years yes. Yeah, so um i wanted to have that experience i've recorded with Depeche a lot of records in santa barbara um because that's where martin uh, uh chooses to live um so we spend our time between new york and there really but um you know, it's a downtown studio, it's, you know, no windows, you know, kind of whatever. But this place is set up like on a hill in Malibu, you know, it's like overlooking the ocean. And really, at first, when you get there, it's a bit overwhelming because it's such an amazing place. Idyllic. You know, you could live there, you know. Um, it's set up like that, and you know what? Um, half of the guys, half of the band, did. There's ha- there's little houses on on the land and uh, um, on the complex, and you just stay there. Um, I lived down the road um, in a hotel on Carbon Beach, in a little hotel there, which was great. And I would drive up the coast every day, just kind of pinching myself, oh. going like, <laughs> "What? You know, how did I get to do this? You know?" And and there was something about as well the music, the way we work together. Um, and some of the original musicians, I don't know, just Neil Young, for instance. You know, um, I imagined them taking the same same journey on that PCH, like, and uh, you know, in, back there, um, and a lot of the other musicians as well. You know, Cat Power and Lanigan himself. You yeah. know, like, um, but there, there's something about that coastline uh, that's very magical. And the place definitely was. Once I walked in there, I knew that we had made the right choice because we did have a number of choices we could have gone. And, and And Rick Rick Rubin was just happened to be for those the month of of November going to take some time off. So we had the whole place to ourselves. Oh, that's great, man.
0: Obviously, the songs take you back to a place, as you mentioned, the bands, the artists as well. Did you get that feeling when you were recording that took you back to some sort of place, whether it's early in your career, mid-career, that it's like, wow, something's going on inside me right now. This is really, really exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that, it, it did. It was like that. And, you know, making a record can be, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you've got to build slowly, you know, this depends, you know, depend, you know. Um, they're, they're all different, you know, and a lot does depend on your where where your heads at yeah. in any particular time? I was really ready to do this. And I felt um, for some reason, I felt that the songs were kind of telling me more about where I was in my life today mm. than things that I was kind of writing myself. Um, so that's how it really sort of came together. Um, Rich and I started talking about it probably early 2019. And wouldn't it be great if we could get everybody in the same room with these 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 musicians that majority of them I'd, I'd performed on stages with. And um, this is what it turned into. It turned into imposter.
0: As you mentioned, the world just went to hell after you recorded this album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you itching to get back on stage or are you feeling <laughs> kind of comfortable at home right now?
1: bit of both, honestly. Um, but um, I am now because I'm singing and uh Talking about this and um, sort of getting myself ready. I'm, I'm going off to London in about a month where we're kind of getting together for a couple of weeks for some rehearsals mm. and um, all exactly the same music- musicians that played on this record. And we're getting ready to do some, I, I, what I would call showcase performances of this album. Mm, so we want to yes. play this album in its entirety. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, yeah. So, you know, from start to finish. So it takes you on a, a little trip.
0: I would never say this about a concert, but I think there should be a dress code required for these shows. Like I want to go. I want to go in a suit. (laughs) I want some safe candles out. Um, I want like a Roy Rogers or Shirley Temple, but in a really, really great glass.
1: Like I feel the whole vibe, you know, that we've even talked about doing that on our on of makeshift stage (laughs) that we want to set it up with all this kind of maybe possibly on the right side of the stage, the opposite side to wherever the monitor tech is, uh, uh, some kind of little cheesy bar or something. <laughs> That's,
0: <laughs> That's maybe awesome. With a,
1: maybe with a mirror ball above it or something. So that in between certain, and you know, we've actually talked about this because then in between certain songs yeah. um, where some of the musicians will be, then they're, they're not playing on that, perti- uh, that particular moment. Right. They can go off and sit in the bar <laughs> And, and have a couple of drinks and a, and, and a cigarette or something. I don't know. That's a really, that's a great
0: idea. November 12th is when Imposter is out and we can hear the entire collection of songs. Press play on track number one. Go through all of them. Please, yeah. Do you still get nervous butterflies before you're putting something out to the world that you've been working on?
1: Oh, yeah. You do? I mean, look, wow. I got really comfortable actually with Imposter being just like owls. And, 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 and you know, I, I played it to a few friends and stuff, yeah. and um, it started getting to the point where I thought, is this is this record ever gonna, is it ever gonna come out? <laughs> is this gonna be the, the? Is this gonna be like my kind of uh, hidden record or something? I just you know, but you know, I am I am happy that it's coming out uh, now, and um, you know, I, uh, I I'm a, I'm very proud of the record. You know, it just it feels right now. Look, it was supposed to come out. Uh, in the spring of 2020. And I think now is kind of like a better time for it in a way. Um, you know, that to wait and sit on it. And there's something about that's made it more special in a way. Yeah. And I had a chance to really live with it myself.
0: And now it's going to be out there. We can all get it. And as I mentioned, and you said, yes, 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 let's start on track one and go through all 12. It's a really, really good listen. I appreciate you sending me the record early. I've absolutely loved it so much. I had my wife in here. Last night, and we just played it and listened to it, and we were talking about you all, all really, really good things. I know you've been busy, super busy doing press and getting this the final touches. Have you watched that show Squid Game yet? Because you said you watched Seinfeld.
1: I'm watching it. Oh, you are watching it right now. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. I'm up to about um, episode six. I sort of binged watch a bit of it. It's my daughter, actually. My daughter, I have to be honest, she. And her boyfriend, Miles, um, he he watches a lot of this kind of stuff. And, you know, she, she turned me on to it. I'm actually out east at the moment. I'm out on Montauk on, uh, on my own at the moment. My wife was here. And she didn't... My wife didn't really care for it. She, I, I know she was not really interested, I don't think. But I got into it. Nice. I kind of find it really... uh There's something about it that's like, you know, really telling to how we are as humans. You know, it's like this... You know if it really came down to it who's gonna be the last man standing right a woman and what are you
0: gonna what are you gonna put yourself through or do to somebody else if you want to be that last person standing
1: yeah it does beg that question doesn't it so you know um it was some interest i'm up to the point where the two girls you know i thought it was really interesting there you know they one of them's got they play the marbles game oh yeah know, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no spoilers i, I, I won't spoil it but like <laughs> that was that was heavy
0: i got tears tears in my eyes when that happened oh I know, my right? It's, it's crazy
1: really cool really cool yeah,
0: yeah. all right dave uh i'm never going to speak for an entire city but i am now los angeles as you know loves you you are one of if not the most important artist to us over all these years i know it's not your home but we are so happy for everything that you have done creatively and of course getting into the rock and roll hall of fame with the Pesh mode i don't know if you care about that but i all of us certainly do
1: i still find it quite amusing but yes we're flattered of course awesome (laughs) awesome man all right i leave it right there Thank you. Yeah, this man. is like
0: unbelievable. I'm so, my heart is racing right now with excitement. Oh,
1: Thank D- you, Ted.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Good luck, and I can't wait to see you guys play all these songs live. All right, okay. man. Take, take care. care. Yeah. You too. Thank you again.
1: That's another episode of Strikers Tuna on Toast. Promise, it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Dave, watch this squid game? Do not go on the internet. No spoilers. Do not tell him a freaking thing. This was your first Tuna on Toast. Welcome if you've been here before. I appreciate you so much. Don't forget about the YouTube channel I've got. I'm very easy to find all over social media. Ted Stryker. Also, Tuna on Toast. Have a great rest of your day or a great rest of your night. Happy snuggles. Bye-bye.